0: Join the big show Friday at the warehouse from two to six p.m. Prices are so low that it will blow your mind. Yuck! Boom! <laughs> there it is. Boom! The warehouse. Join Gordon and Jake Scott. Joining us right now is Mister TV himself, Craig Bowler Jack. Good morning, Mister Bowler Jack. How the heck are you?
1: I am good. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great.
1: DJ is off.
0: And get this. We've been doing this show a long time. As you know, you played a part, I think, in helping me in my career, getting this radio thing going on. And I expressed my appreciation to you over the years. And it's 19 years we've been doing this show. Next week is our anniversary. 19 years. Wow. And, wow. I you know. It's amazing.
1: So, and no breakups. I mean, that's what's amazing. Well, that we right. know of.
0: Well, he tried to punch me once, but I ducked.
1: You ducked. Good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and since it is uh, April 1st and we like to play pranks, I said uh, earlier, I said, yeah, the reason why DJ, now he's got, the, he's just taking a few days off this week, I said, uh Reason why he's not here is because he's found another job, and the the show's over. and We wish him it's nothing over. but the best. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You're going solo from here on out, man.
0: So I said uh, I started the segment by saying it. And I said it's tough to talk about, and I want to talk about the jazz, but I'll pick it up at the end of the segment. And guy, tre- guy tweets at me uh totally got me sitting in my car late to a meeting to hear what happened felt sick to my stomach
1: (laughs) you pulled it off yeah yeah
0: and i used to always do try my mother and i we always had a thing where we try to get one another she's gone now so here's to you mom in the great sky wherever you may be i did pull one over got at least one guy uh that we tricked and now dj will be back and we'll be resuming our show for years to come hopefully if uh all goes the way we would plan so we enjoy absolutely
1: and you know what i realized too pk was that it was was it 1985 ish when the sports illustrated got most of us on the sit finch yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, was yeah. awesome, yeah. I, I was hook, line, and sinker on that one, man. That one got <laughs> me like, where is this kid then? What was he firing, like 105? Was that <laughs> what the best ball number, was a
0: ridiculous number, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sid Finch.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, to all those who pull April Proulx pranks, uh, it's a fun day to do it. Don't let them linger too long. I let it go for about uh, 10 minutes. Before and I said I would talk about it at the end of the segment, so I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna carry it over through a commercial break. So have fun with that and go forward. And jazz having fun now. We had on Joe Ingles, you know, and we weren't there normally. You would have been there, but in this season, uh, they're not having you travel because of the pandemic. And normally you would have been front and center, and you would probably would have been crying, curled up in the fetal position. Also. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I've been on a
1: few of those flights PK where we've had some turbulence that would, uh, that did bring tears to my eyes. Uh, I'm just, uh, glad the guys, uh, are good. Uh, you know, I could hear though in the post game comments last night and even, uh, you know, when Quinn talked about it in the pregame last night, you know, this was a traumatic moment yes. and Jordan Clarkson and Mike, you know, I think it was therapy for them, honestly, to talk about it. I mean, we had the wave hit us a few years ago coming out of Denver, and you know it kind of tilts the plane, and you yeah. feel like the hammer of Thor hits you from all sides, and you just sit there and hold your breath. But um, you know, last I can't imagine watching, <clears throat> you know, the birds, and uh, allegedly, you know, the the reportedly, uh, you know, the fire, one of the engines catches, and you know, you start to think about, you know, life. Uh, but I'm glad everything happened, uh, you know, positive. And the the pilots did their thing, man. That's what they do. They uh, they fly the plane first, and they talk later. And that's what they did.
0: Well, I suspect a movie on this one, like we had with the uh, Sully, <laughs> who dropped that yeah. thing in. So, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that movie with Tom Hanks. So,
1: you think uh, Tom Hanks stars in this movie too?
0: I was figuring Danny DeVito as Joe Ingalls. That would be mine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my. That's a good one. Danny DeVito, Joe Ingalls.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he he's a prankster and a jokester. Uh and I see a sort of resemblance there, Danny yeah, and a Joe. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> They're both yeah, balding. Just a little
1: size difference, but <laughs> close. Yeah.
0: Wow. Well, yeah. You put them on a stool. People don't realize that Sylvester <laughs> Stallone and Tom Cruise are only like five six. So you know they they can make
1: adjustments there. And get, I think get they down. could. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really caught my ear when Joe. Was saying and Joe has probably flown as much as anybody on that team, given his international experience and the, and the flights he takes back to right. Australia, back and forth. When he says he's never gone through anything like that, I'm like okay, you got my attention, Joe, right. because you've been flying literally around the world so many times. And if you were scared and you've never been through anything like that, then I know it's real. And I don't want to say I blew it off but I don't think I gave it the attention that it deserved because I wasn't there until Joe describes it. And the way he describes it is like, all right, well, that was, man, you're thinking that thing is literally going down and that's way scary. So when you look at that, and then he was talking about how they had some time before they left again. So he drove home and he was talking about how he was still jittery driving home. And obviously he's thinking about that experience. He's driving home to get to his uh, wife and kids, and you can put yourself into that position. Oh, yeah. and then they got to get back, get on a plane. Donovan decides not to come. They're playing Memphis the third time since Friday. All those things factor in. That was a huge gut-check win.
1: It was, you know, I thought a lot about it last night, and again, I'm glad the guys had had their moment to discuss it. And I think, again, I said it; I, I felt like it was like therapy for Mike and Clarkson last night, who really that's all that's what they wanted to talk about, you know, instead of the game itself because it was so heavy on their mind. But you know, PK, think about the year that the Jazz have gone through: COVID, Oklahoma City, Rudy Donovan, bubble. Now, this situation on a plane, I mean, you don't think about bonding a team even more and more. I mean, you live through all these things together, and I think this is why this team is such, you know, the definition of that. I mean, they are a team. They grind. They ground it out. Was it grinded out? Grounded out last night in the grindhouse of what was Memphis, you know, back in the days with the Gasol and even Mike Connolly. And I was impressed with the way they just kept their their head down and kept fighting through it. Um, you know, John Moran had a had a game, uh, especially in the second half, and the Jazz were able to hold off and win the thing with, you know, free throws and clutch play by Mike. And I thought it was, again, just another one of those classic moments in Jazz this year, Jazz history, where uh, they fought through adversity. And, and, again, they also, PK, now know that the depth of this team even more and the fact Donovan didn't play on this road game and they, they found a way to win you know, without a Donovan Mitchell on the floor, who has been very consistent, as you know, of late, and he wasn't there for fourth quarter heroics as well, and someone else had to step up, and they got the job done.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to lead to, uh, the fact that Bogdanovich early, Conley late, other guys throughout the game contributing. Uh, How much do you think that can pay off? Because we're all looking now, they got the best record, it looks like, that they're going to get the number one seed. Still 25 games ago, so stuff could happen. But certainly, as of today, it looks like that they're the odds on favor to get that one seed. And, you know, expectations come along with the one seed. Let's not uh, yeah, pretend they yeah. don't exist. But to know that, hey, I can do this, and speaking individually, you got four or five guys who say, I can do this, so if it, obviously Mitchell can do it, but if it's not working for Mitchell or they're forcing the ball out of his hands, whatever it might be, that they've got options. To me, that's clearly and obviously a good sign for the postseason.
1: Yeah, it really is. It goes really how deep this team is, and I think we've said that from the get-go, that it doesn't have to be one particular guy on a given night. It can be multiple players, and we saw it last night. It was a time for Boyan to actually, you know, continue to regain his confidence. What a great start, right? Three threes to start the first quarter. Right. Uh, You know, he was at the free throw line a little bit. Then he finished strong. Clarkson's still working things out. But then, you know, he gets hot. A little mid-second quarter spurt. Had a couple of key moments in the fourth quarter. You know, Joe had ten points and, you know, didn't have to play heroics last night. I think it just shows you that even on the defensive side, you get like a Mia who's growing. And I think he'll play, you know, minutes, some, some in the playoffs if necessary. Matt Thomas didn't get off the, off the bench last night, but still, uh, and Arson Eliasova, there's just, there's names you keep repeating that the Jazz have picked up just because they want the depth. They may need the depth um, in situations as the season goes on, but, PK, you know you're right. Are they going to be the number one seed? I think for this team, uh, it's important to have the home floor in a seven game series. And I still don't think the Lakers and Clippers and Nets they don't sense they need it. But I think for the Jazz, it's going to be just be another a bonus for them to be able to have their home floor, their home team, and the home crowd. I mean, uh, to be there to help them along. Um, so yeah. If, if they stay healthy and Gobert and Donovan uh, can stay healthy, uh, that's a great thing, and so far so good. But I think, again, last night it showed that the Jazz have the ability to play without one star or so on a given night. And that's only bodes well when it comes into the playoffs.
0: Craig Bolojack joining us. You speak of the teams in the West. All right, Jazz at the top and the other challengers of We'll see how it plays out when we get there. But I think right now, you certainly put the Lakers and Clippers in there. I think you got to put the Nuggets. And you put uh, Portland Phoenix, in, eh, Phoenix uh, where I was going Are with this believer? question, uh, to an extent, but I wasn't where I was going with this question, is those teams that I just mentioned, they've all made what they would consider improvements at the trade deadline, Right. those four uh The Suns added Torrey Craig, which was like a week before the trade deadline, and he's actually played well for them coming off the bench. So maybe you can throw that in there. It was just that we don't consider it a trade deadline because it was the week before. But we saw that, you know, Denver counted on him to an extent. So, yeah, you can put Phoenix in there, and the Jazz made a move around the edges, adding Thomas. I don't know how that's going to play out this season. But what do you think of all those moves that were made? Who do you think that could be better because of them? Well, I think uh,
1: the one that maybe would would you know point a little bit is is the Denver Nuggets with um, Aaron Gordon. Yeah. Um, you know Norman Powell with Portland is intriguing because they you know the Blazers always have had firepower with uh, Damian and uh, and CJ, and I just wonder you know, how that's all going to play out. I feel like there's always been some frustration with the Blazers because getting to that next level has been an ongoing, you know, um, issue. And the Jazz, I think, have gotten past that front porch, you know, attitude that we always talk about. Are you there? Can you get on it and then take it, you know, to, 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 you know, a Western Conference championship and get into another finals opportunity. So, you know, it's tough, man, to make that next step. And I think the Jazz have really, you know, worked their way to that point. Um, Phoenix is intriguing to me just because of Chris Paul and Booker and the backcourt. I mean, they have firepower, but I still think the Jazz overall defensively and offensively, how you rank you know, so high in the defensive and offensive rankings, and the three-point shot now is in vogue for this franchise. Uh, I think it bodes well. I still think the Jazz are the best team in the West. Um, granted, LeBron's not playing at the moment, and we'll see what Anthony Davis's status will be. And, you know, PK, I, you and I haven't really had a chance to talk one-on-one because DJ, you know, is always talking, right? I mean, that's just the way <laughs> it is. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm still not sure if the chemistry with the Clippers is all that. I, I don't know. I, I want to wait and see, see the Clippers a little bit more with Kawhi and Paul George, how intrigued they are to win it. Last year, you remember, Paul George said, look, we really weren't focused on winning a championship then and the bubble. Well, that's why you went to L.A., So I'm not real sure about, you know, just how how strong uh, that foundation is in L.A. A lot of teams, of course, in L.A., Boston, New York, that's the destination point, right, for people to find themselves a title. And so we'll wait and see. Uh, What intrigues me about the Jazz is they're built to win in the sense of um, not not only their depth, but because of, what they've been through, and the attitude they have. I mean, if you want a definition of a team, this is it. I mean, I don't know if there's any better definition right now in the NBA. And sometimes people fight that because they want the big threes to win, whether it's west or east or east or west. So this is just an oddity that the Jazz have a bunch of guys who are on the same page, who are talented, by the way, with three all-stars, but yet don't get a lot of attention. But they continue to, to go along their way with attitude and a purpose, and I like that. And I think it's going to play into their hands. I hope it does.
0: We saw for a bit there during that, uh, when they were losing 4-6, they were getting off to horrendous starts. Right. And I think after that Washington game, uh, basically Joe Ingles called them out. Uh, very strong comments. What do we want to be? Do we want to be a contending for the title? Do we want to get out of the first round? What are we looking to do here? Because if we have these goals, then we got to get going. We can't be losing the way they're losing. And it seems like it's... In the past now, they put that behind him. Would you agree?
1: I would. And I think what Joe's comments were also kind of ignited Donovan uh, because I think at that time we saw him, uh, instead of playing the fourth-quarter hero ball, where the Jazz were down 17 and would get back PK to within that four-point range but could never quite push past. Now we've seen a more consistent Donovan Mitchell, probably the most consistent in his career, in my opinion, where he starts – and he has, you know, the strong start, he has the middle point of his game, and then the fourth quarter, you know, he's just, you know, back-to-back 35-point games against Memphis, you know, and um, I, I, you know, in 19, in, a, in just a, in a short period of time, in a, in a runaway win against the Cavaliers. So, yeah, I think Joe's comments, you know, struck a chord, and sometimes, you know, Someone has to step up and voice their opinion on occasion, whether it's Joe, whether it's Donovan, whether it's Quinn Snyder in the course of a season. And I'm glad Joe took it upon himself. Hey, I'd listen to Joe. I mean, you just said it. International player, a guy that found his way into the league. Uh, You know, Doc Rivers wanted to keep him, but had to let him go. Gets a shot with a Jazz. And look what he's become. I mean, this is a great story. Another movie, right? Who plays Joe? You said Danny DeVito, but I mean I don't know. It's I mean the Joe Ingles story is intriguing to me because I love the I love a story where odds are against you, but then you turn it into your favor, and then you just take it to another level where you're shooting nearly fifty percent from three. And he's just been a glue guy. I know people overuse that statement, but if you want a guy that you want in your in your in, you know in in the huddle, in the locker room, uh, in the foxhole. I mean, Joe Ingles is one of my first players I'd take, right? One of the first guys, just personality. And you, you, you and DJ know him as well as as anybody because he's really opened up and and shown a different side of who he is and the struggles that he's been through. Um, and I like that about Joe. I really do.
0: Craig Bolajak joining us. You hear him as the on television broadcast, jazz broadcast. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because they do have some games, but. You brought up the Suns. Now they got the Jazz, I think, in the fourth game of the season. And once you get to, they're approaching the 50 game point at the 46 game mark. Uh, the fourth game of the season might as well have been five years ago. So much can happen in an NBA season. It's
1: yeah, true. It has uh, a long yeah, they, time.
0: They got the Suns next week. Uh, ESPN game. Right. And it's down there in Phoenix. I think both of the ball games they got with the Suns are down in Phoenix. Phoenix is an emerging team. And you think that that's a little bit of a big game there when they play the Suns next week?
1: I do. You know, in fact, I'm just I just grab my calendar and you know you look at Chicago and Orlando at home. Okay, you know, never take a team for granted. But look on the odds; those those teams favor the Jazz at home. The Jazz yeah. are favored at home, obviously, uh, they've won twenty straight on that floor. There's a little bit of that the day of Delta Center with Stockton and Malone, where, where teams did not want to even step step into the into the building. I've, I kind of feel that same same sense this year, PK. Let me just run this down. Then you have road games at Dallas and Phoenix. Those are pretty telling, by the way, uh, yeah. with what the Mavericks can still put at you, despite the fact there's been ups and downs. Uh, and Then you have the Phoenix, uh, the final game of a little mini two-game road trip. You come home and play five straight at home. And then here's a the real interesting part of it in April is the Lakers-Lakers Uh, with one day in between, both games picked up by ESPN. Um, So that one's intriguing. And then the Minnesota-Sacramento, then you end the trip again, P.K., as you mentioned, on a a Friday night in Phoenix. So there's going to be some telling games. And then the rest of the way, honestly, the Jazz have five more home games in a row and a quick trip to Golden State. You come home to play the Blazers, and then you have OKC and Sacramento. You know, in the past, usually the way the league had the schedule was that those last five or six games were against your highest level of opponent in the West, right? Usually it was the Rockets uh, when Harden uh, was, was with Houston, or you'd play Oklahoma City with Westbrook, or you played play Denver. But in this case, you really kind of finish – you know, on the road with OKC and Sacramento, be interesting to see how those games play out. What the Jazz, where they stand in the standings at that time, and would they rest players is pretty much non-Jazz-like to do so. But it'll be interesting to see how they finish things up. But as you said, there's a lot of basketball left to be played. Some challenging games still on the road, and I think the Phoenix games and the Laker games will be telling. Uh, And and to to be tested again since both of of those games, all four of those games are away from Salt Lake.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun opportunities uh, going forward to really solidify their position. And I think going into the postseason, uh, you know, depending on the success in these next 25 games that, uh, you know, if they finish strong, then you really have got to consider them a legitimate contender to win the whole thing and not just a nice regular season team.
1: If they don't get past the first round, and I really believe that they don't get into the Western conference finals, people will just kind of go, him, ha. See, you know, that type of uh, discussion, because again, you have, well, who did I hear the other day? I mean, you hear it all the time, right? That to really, Put yourself in a position to be taken seriously and to be bona fide contenders. Then you have to win. And granted, you know, pass round one would be a success. But the the real key is to get beyond that. Donovan said it himself. Look, none of this again, never again to get knocked down in round one after a three one lead. And obviously, he's right. But now the next step is to. Um, uh, you know, quiet any doubters, and also to solidify this team as a, a legit championship title team. I mean, I like what they do. Uh, the three-point shot is something I didn't really expect PK to be in. Um, it, that the Jazz would be so, let's just say, involved, and Quinn would would basically put his mark on this team as saying, "Go do your thing." You know, we kept saying green-light it with Jordan Clarkson. Well, everyone else has followed, and the Jazz don't hesitate putting up the three. And that's what the league has become, and that's who the Jazz really are with rim play by Gobert and defense. So, again, I like what I see, but there's a lot, a lot, lot still a lot of games to be played, and the playoffs, as everyone will always say, Big T's mention it. You know, Matt Harprey mentions it. Everyone mentions it, that when the playoffs come, it's a totally different game. And so yeah. that's where the test really comes. How, how savvy are they? How determined are they? And can they push past, you know, the likes of the Lakers and the Clippers who have been there before? This is a little new territory, but I think the Jazz have learned so much in a year's time, and I think they've gone through more than most teams have in the sense of uh, the mental part of this. T.K. And, I, I, and it still takes me back to Oklahoma City and to be there and to watch what they went through and the controversy that never really occurred with uh, you know Rudy and Donovan uh, this plane trip just a few days ago. I mean the Jazz just keep you know experiencing things together and I only think it bonds them tighter and let's see how it plays out. But I, I, I like what they're doing. And I think they are on the same page to to maybe shock the world and how fun would that be. I know you'd be driving the bus. I would be, too, from Salt Lake to, <laughs> to Penguich to Vernal to St. George and back. It would be an incredible moment in jazz history.
0: All right, well, we'll look forward to that. Thanks for joining us this morning.
1: All right, PK. Thanks, pal.